Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. This is your Bible tip. We're going to start early on this one. We've been talking a lot during this time is, you know, that to read the Bible. And we in this church believe that God, the Bible is, can be trusted, that it's God's inspired word, that God uses it to do all kinds of things in our life. But maybe you're a person who doesn't know for sure if that's true, or you wanna, you're not sure if you ever thought that through much. This is a good teaching. I just listened to it recently. I just encourage you, listen to this teaching. It's a great understanding of can we trust the Bible. It's actually part of a series you might listen to. I can't vouch for the whole series. It's probably good. But that teaching, I've enjoyed a lot. So that is your, now you've got your Bible say sip. If you choose to accept it, you'll be a better person. All right? So be. <clears throat> all right. Well, we're going we're gonna to jump, jump in now on this place of the people of the king. Doing a little bit of review... You can't really review in a, in a short state, statement. So everybody who's had these teachings, they say, that didn't quite describe it. But here's what the review is. The people of the king live with the lens of we and us versus me and I. The people of the king trust the Bible and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> the people of the king know that God is sovereign. The people of the king share and experience God in suffering. The people of the king know that power comes from humility and serving. The people of the king are transformed, transforming and transformers of the people of the king are equals. The people of the king choose to lose things to gain knowing and experiencing Christ. And the people of the king from last week are a work in progress. And we participate in that process. All right? There's more to it than that, but that's why you can go and listen to the teachings you missed or review them as well. But that's how we get started this morning. And today, though, what we want to talk about is this place of um, our future. The way that you see your future directly impacts the way you live in your present. We'll just keep that in mind the whole time as we go through this. The way you see your future always impacts the way you live in your present. And so what I'm going to do is I want to start with a video clip. And uh, it's, it's this group called the Yes Theory. Anybody seen these guys? They're on some YouTubes. Okay. Uh, I, I'm a little too hooked to YouTube, so I know way too many of these guys. But this, this group goes around, young bunch of crazy guys, and they try to make themselves extremely uncomfortable by saying yes to crazy things. It could be jumping out of a plane, it could be going to an awkward culture, it can be all kinds of things. And it's pretty just a fun thing. And they often will have people that will come with them that have to say yes to this as well. So they challenge each other to say yes to these things. And this particular one, <clears throat> they're, in, they're in Ireland, and they had tickets basically around the world hitting three continents. And they were trying to find somebody who said, yes, I'll go, <laughs> just without knowing anything. Yes, I'll just say yes. So they went to door to door, and people thought they were crazy. People slammed the door. People said no. And they found this guy named Peter. This is Amar on the right. He's from the Yes series. And they found Peter on the left. And Peter had just gone through his dad, I believe, dying of Alzheimer's and him taking care of him. And he was just been stuck in the house a lot. And, and now his dad's died. He's grieving. And all of a sudden they show up and say, would you like to go around the world? And Peter goes, are you for sure this is real? He goes, yeah. He goes, yes. 
But you can tell he thinks, ah, I don't. <laughs> and so he's going to the passport office, but what, we, what, what we're going to show a little clip of is he's starting to recognize that this is real. So let's play the, let's play the clip, and then I'll make a few comments, and we'll jump in. Day three in Dublin. We are going to meet Peter right now. He's about to pick up his brand new passport, which he submitted the application for this morning, and he was able to get it all done in the same day, which is incredible. Peter! <laughs> but they don't have it! No, no, they wouldn't. We better have it! No amount of breathwork can calm me down at the moment. I've been telling everyone, there's no one. The guards down the police station, the taxi man, the people in the pub who don't know me, they're like, a few mates that I text, they're going, oh yeah, sound. Listen, we have to have pints soon, do you know what I mean? Like, people think I'm spoofing. Fingers, fingers crossed. I've never seen someone more excited. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's like a kid at Christmas. Four-year-old man with just the, the childlike spirit. <laughs> Day three in Dublin. We are going That's to meet right. Peter right now. He's about to pick up his brand new so passport. So you can see that, you know, uh, that was just a short clip, but the, the whole place, it just keeps building to the point that he can hardly contain himself. In fact, he comes out of the passport office and he goes, are you going too? And he starts, he starts hugging everybody and talking to everybody. Of course, he's from, you know, you couldn't tell what he said, right? If you had to put subtitles, <coughs> but you can get the feeling, right? I got to tell everybody, I'm telling everybody, and he's just talking all the time. And as I looked at that, what I thought about this place as I observed it is this place of this reality becoming more real. And as he's catching on to that, he's just filled with gratitude. He realizes this is a gift that's free, and he begins just feeling the gratitude. And even knowing that he's going with complete strangers, he's still happy. And you see these other clips where he's like, he's still that way at four in the morning when they're trying to fly out right away, and he's trying to get everything together, and and what I, what I noticed in this, is, as I thought about this video, he went to all these crazy, fun places and all that. But quite honestly, the best part of the video was that part, where he's catching on to the reality of this thing and how it affected him. His future, what he began realizing was true, started changing his present. He wasn't overseas yet. He hadn't even gone to the plane. He was just thinking about it. He just knew it was true. Well, you can probably can see some of our parallels and what we're going to talk about today is that we, when we say yes to Jesus, we get this amazing thing called eternal life. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, <clears throat> that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus talking to the woman at the well, talking about natural water that she was drawing from the well. He says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty, but whoever drinks the water I give them <clears throat> will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of living, of, of water welling up to eternal life. Now, here's what's hard sometimes, is we think eternity starts later. Eternal life starts the moment you say yes to Jesus. It changes everything at that spot. You become a child of God. You become secure in his love. You <clears throat> become a citizen of heaven. And you become joined to the community of or your brothers and sisters at that very moment. And eternal life affects the way we live now when you know and you have and living in this place of eternal life, I think Jesus describes it. It's this place that it starts something. 
It's this spring of God that starts bubbling up inside of you into eternal life. And I think that really gives us a, a picture of this place, of living in this place, of knowing what's coming to the place that starts affecting the way we live because we're so confident in what's coming. <clears throat> you are a part of an eternal kingdom, and what happens is we, it gives us, a, when we understand this, it gives us this completely different lens on how we see things on this earth. I mean, sometimes I think that when we think of eternity, we've been really distorted by culture and images of what eternal life would be, both now, how that would look, but especially when we think about after we die and we continue to live because we are eternal beings, what that would look like, would we call the full consummation of the kingdom, what would that look like? And we have these images often that don't make us even as excited as Peter. And we should be a lot more excited. So when we think about these things, I'm just giving you a few snapshots because I want to, before we start talking about this eternal life, I want us to make sure we're not defining it in a way that's, that's missing what it is. You know, if you're thinking clouds and harps and uh, babies with wings, you're really having a, you're probably going to have a hard time being excited. But, but if you think about what eternal life truly is and the full consummation of the kingdom is, it's something that you will, you can't control your, your excitement for what's coming. You know, it talks about, Jesus talks about this, is this place where it's be like a wedding banquet when it's, that's the starting of it, and it just keeps getting better. It, talks, it says, in 1 John, it says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. Paul says it this way, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. When Jesus had his disciples and he was talking about this place of the kingdom and him coming in fully, and they're, they're back on earth. And they're thinking, now you, you have the Spirit within you, you have eternal life, and it is going to this place, and there will be this place that, you, that just, we just talked about here, and he describes it. And here's what I love. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe, you believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would, I would have not told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And he's basically there, because you can see what they're reacting to, like, are you sure this is really this real? Is this, is this a real deal? Yes, it is. I wouldn't have told you unless it was. And so he, I, I love how God understands that we, we, we have a hard time grasping, just like it said, no eye has seen this. But so how do we even know what to look forward to? I think one of the best ways is to take that scripture that it's this bubbling up of eternal life. So here's the best way to think of, of this place of the, after this life and this next world, this consummation of the new earth and us with new bodies, all that stuff. What does that look like? 
Uh, I'm, I'm all for the new bodies too, by the way. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling, I'm feeling desire for that new life. So the reality of it is, is that, think of this. You guys already have eternal life and you've experienced the kingdom, haven't you? Those moments where you feel God's presence, you know those moments? God's peace. This place of being seen by him. This place in which you're interacting with one another, your brothers and sisters, and this beautiful thing's happening, and you have this, you're, you're together in it. Think about when you see nature and it has this moment that everything is perfect, and you just think, oh, this is, it communicates God. Think of this time where you're serving one another and loving one another, and you're seeing these places of beauty. Okay, we, we taste these things of the kingdom because we have eternal life. And so eternal life is fulfillment of that. It's completion of that. It's what Emily talked about. It's when it actually is perfected. Where we're there to the place there's no more sorrow, no more sin. That's what we're looking at. And if it weren't so, God wouldn't have said it. It's not some dream, it's truth. And when we get a hold of it, it really connects us to, in a, a, to a whole new way of thinking. Put it this way, our present is always connected to our future, and our future is always connected to our present. Now, when we grasp this thing of eternal life, it just causes you to see differently, right? When you understand this is real, it causes you to see life differently. The way I think of it is certain things get dimmer and other things get brighter. The things that are temporal, the things that aren't going to be eternal, not that they're bad, they just get put in their place, they're dimmer. And then the things that are important, the things that are eternal, get brighter. What are the things that are eternal? God, us, our brothers and sisters, and those who we long to know Jesus, they become very important because we're seeing it through a different lens. You guys know the hymn, Turn Your Eyes on Je Upon Jesus? Look full in his wonderful face and the... Yeah, the things of earth will grow slowly dim in the light of his glory and grace. When you see... Eternal, eternity. You see Jesus and what it would be to be in this place, a face-to-face, -face, with nothing blocking us, not in part, but in full. When we start grasping that, we begin seeing in a different way, and we begin seeing more clearly. Now, we understand many times when we think of eternity... Even if you have a really a kind of a good concept of understanding how beautiful this is and how much we long for it, we often think of this, right? <sighs> Nothing blocking me and God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It just, it's fully present before God and Him towards us. And you guys think about that, what that, would, what that feels like. It's like that, the very best moment reverb, the very best time of worship and the times that you experience the kingdom fully there with Jesus. I mean, it's like, ah. okay. Isn't that what you guys usually think about? At least I do. Well, that's true. 
But what I want to talk about is something else. Is that we are all people of the kingdom. And so everyone who knows Jesus who said yes to Jesus are eternally, have eternal life. This is basic math. You go with me to this thing called eternal life that's fully consummated. You are in the kingdom with me. We often kind of blur out our relationships in heaven. Like, oh good, I get get away from people and go to heaven. This is great. No, (laughs) that's not true. You, You actually have billions of people (laughs) who you're with and actually connected to and interacting with in heaven. Isn't that wild? Let's just think on this for a while. I can look at everybody in this room and say, it's going to be wild, isn't it? Are you ready? You said yes. You, You ready for this? Yes. But we get to experience this. And imagine this. Imagine your very best moments in community where someone came into your pain and Jesus came through them or when they prayed for you and you felt God come and they served you and they loved you in all the brokenness. They get those glimpses of the kingdom and that. Okay, now think of this. Fully. With no sin or evil blocking it. We are a living in community. So, what I want us to be thinking about today is this whole place that we are people of the King and we are united for eternity. Just, we could just set, stop right there and just say, let's just think about this the rest of the day. Like, what does that mean? I'm going to give us a little bit of context of the scripture we're going to talk about. If you remember Philippians 3, he's talking about this place of modeling after him. And so Paul's in prison. He's living with this mindset of eternity. That's why he does so well. When you live with the mindset of eternity, you don't fear death. You don't try to get fulfillment, the deepest fulfillment out of the things of this earth. They're good, they're fine, but that's not how you think. You're thinking in a whole different way. And Paul's thinking this way, and he's looking to Philippians, and he wants them to think in the same way that's very different. And so he's talking about these certain people who he speaks about, and he says, you know, Model after me, these other people, they're actually enemies of Christ. Their destiny is their destruction. Their stomach is their God. And he says they're basically just focused on temporal things. And so moving into that, he goes on. And he starts out with this. And you want to turn your Bible to Philippians 3, starting in verse 19. We're using the NIV today. He says, their mind, speaking of these people who are focused on the world and the temporal things, their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a, sa- a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, he will transform our lowly bodies. I like that. So that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, in whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown stand firm in the Lord in this way, 
Dear friends, I plead with Yodi. I practice this so many times. <laughs> Yodi Di uh, and Synthachi. That that one's right. That one's right. Uh, to be of the you know the, be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended by at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. He goes out with, rejoice in the Lord, always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now, as you go through this, you see him saying, you have to understand that your citizenship, what you live according to is this place, it's in heaven. In other words, that is your destiny. That is what's out in front of you. That is where you're going to. And you need to understand that is your destiny. And, and it says, now live in expectation, eagerly awaiting Jesus' return. And eagerly awaiting that it comes in full. We're only seeing in part now, but eagerly await it coming in full. And then he describes, you know, because we're, we're in this world right now with has we are in a spot, we're in a war zone, right? We're experiencing the kingdom, but we're in a place of brokenness and sin and destruction and, and the consequences of sin. And Jesus starts out by saying, I came to give you life to the full, right? But remember what he said right before that, the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. So he's basically saying, I can give you life to the full, eternal life, even in this world that has an enemy that's against you, right? But what I want you to do in this life is to live as citizens of the kingdom, looking forward to your destiny, of heaven and being to live in that mindset. And then he talks about when Christ does come, when the, 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 uh, this life after this one, what it will look like, he will transfer our lowly bodies so we will be like his glorious bodies. And then in chapter 4, it starts out in verse 1, starts with therefore, therefore, therefore a reason, right? And the place is, it's, it, and he goes on, and he, but the way he says this is, my brothers, now listen how, how much he loves the, the Philippians. My brothers and sisters, to whom I love and long for my joy and my crown. The way he talks about of being their joy and their crown, it's kind of weird, right? You're my crown. I've never gone up to Craig Stevens and say, you're my crown. You know? I don't know what that really means exactly. You know, <laughs> but what I what I what I get at when he was talking about this place is that Paul understands that his life is so intermixed with the body of Christ that they're part of him, and when they do well, and he gets to be even a little part of that transformation, they're part of that, and they celebrate in in that person's transformation as well. You guys are, you know, for kids, you have your, these kids that, you know, they're your joy and your crown. Like, I mean, Klein, my grandson plays basketball. He swishes that basketball. That's my joy and my crown. I think I taught him to do that one time when we were playing uh, horse out by the basketball court. You know, I, I just, because he's part of me, I get to celebrate the things he's done because I'm a part of him, Right? This is how much we are a part of one another. And then he goes on to this place. He says this, 
This is the one I'd highlight. Stand firm in the Lord in this way. What way? The way you just said before. Stand firm with a mindset set on you being a citizen of heaven and heaven being your home and heaven being your destiny. Stand firm in that. In other words, stay right there. It's like, it's something you have. Don't question that you have it. Live in that reality that this is true. If it weren't so, he wouldn't have said it. Stand firm in that. Stand firm in being people who eagerly await and long for Jesus' return. Stand firm in this place of knowing that we will be transformed. And stand firm. Just stay in confidence of your destiny, of where God's taking you. Because when you do that, it changes the way you live in your present world. And it changes the way you see other people. And so here, see, Paul's thinking of this thing of like, he's seeing it like heaven is me, the kingdom, consummated kingdom in heaven that, that I see in my destiny is going to include the Philippians. And he's then burdened by these women who are having a spat. <laughs> who are working through a disagreement. And he's saying, help them get through that and become of one mind because that's where we're going. So get there now because that's the way you do it, right? It's kind of like, as if you, they think about, if you think about God and his return, you think, oh my, have I got my things right of, <laughs> in my heart, right? Have you got your things right with one another? Because we're going together, right? We're a part of it together. And then I think the part about this is that it's interesting because he even talks about this place that we, it, all these people, it's all, it's all these people, all the people who are written, written in the book of life are included in this deal. That's a lot of people. Speaking of all the people who have said yes to Jesus. And then it closes up with this kind of interesting turn where it says, now rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I think this is really a spot of when you get a hold of eternal life, rejoicing becomes really easy. And friction and divisiveness becomes really ugly. <laughs> it's just like when you get a hold that we are a part of one another and our relationship, we have been united, not with just with Christ, but with one another for eternity, it changes the what you see and you live your place in expectation and rejoicing. You just can't. I mean, when you get a hold of it, honestly, I, I'm, I'm not saying I got a hold of it. I, but I believe every moment I get a hold of it, every time I sense the kingdom in situations, I think, you're saying this is going to be full? And I think, whoa, this is good. You're in, and then you start seeing how short this life is, but how important it is. And you find yourself in a place of rejoicing. And then I think the, the closing place where he says, he goes on to talk about this place of gentleness. You know, that, that word there is really reasonableness or the spot in which that we don't get all bent out of whack on these things. 
be gentle. It doesn't mean, being of the same mind doesn't mean think exactly the same way. We don't have disagreements. It's this place that we understand that, that we, we have gentleness, even in places that we, have, we because we're, we're a part of one another. It's like we're gentle with the people who are connected to us because they're part of us. It's really this place of kind of actually not trying to live by judgment and but giving room for people and process and grace. So, I want to just, a couple things I'd just say is that I want us as a community to just have God get us more clear on what's coming. And I also want us to understand that this life on this earth is really crucially important to what's coming. And we, I want us to see eternity, and I want us to see the kingdom, so what's important and what is eternal becomes elevated. Where the things of earth grow strangely dim, but there's this other things that light up, and the things that are eternal is my relationship with God, my relationship with all the people who have said yes, and my relationship with those people I long to come into the kingdom. And when you start seeing that way, you begin living different in the present. So, here's my invitation. Just a reminder on the Bible study tip, I won't go over that again. I couldn't come up with something really clever, so I felt like I'd just leave you some space here, and I want to just close with some prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what it means that we are eternally united to God and one another. Because I think this is something that's like, oh, I get that now. I, I, I feel like I've been a Christian for a long time, and, and just taking this passage from a we point of view, I thought, I've not thought about heaven much. It's that big crowd that I'm trying to push my way into. I'm not thinking about community. I'm not thinking about you guys so much. But when I think about how cool that is to have, because we long for community, right? We're designed for community. We're designed for relationship. And we get, and we're always short, coming up short on this earth. We won't be coming up short in heaven. Our relationship is this way and this way and will continue to be this way and this way.